The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Good morning, Ecclesia. We are so glad to be with you this morning. It's been really hard not to be able to see you guys every single week and give you huge hugs, but I'm so glad that we can be together virtually during this hard time. Allow me to say a prayer for you before we go move on to the rest of our gathering. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for each and every one of these Ecclesians watching this right now. I pray that you would bless them wherever they are in their life, if they're going through a really hard time or if they are in a period of happiness and peace, God, I pray that you would be with them, that you would be right next to them and that they would feel you, God. I pray that you would open their minds and ears to hear your words and your blessings today. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.
Ecclesia, I wish I could see your smiling faces and the bright lights shining around me, but nevertheless, I'm glad you joined us today. As we continue our worship through a time of offering, would you recite this prayer with me? God, our provider and sustainer, you bind all of creation together, every molecule a gift from your hand. The life and love of Jesus display the power of generosity. Two fish and five loaves magnified to feed thousands. We give because we belong to you and to one another. We give trusting that you will use these gifts to do what none of us can do alone. We open our hands in joy and hope. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Hey, Ecclesia family. So good to be with you this morning. My name is Wayne Brown. I'm one of the campus pastors here at Ecclesia and wanted to pause and just take a few moments to give you a few updates on how we are trying to care for the vulnerable and for our kids in this city and beyond. And I want to start by saying a huge thank you to you for your continued generosity on behalf of our entire staff and leadership team. It's without your generosity, we would not be able to still feed so many homeless brothers and sisters in our city or partner with organizations that are doing great work across the globe. And we want to let you know that if you want to be a part of that, you can, and you can do that with a simple text message. If you text your donation amount to the number 84321, you can set up an account and you can be a part of the work we're doing. And we're humbled and honored and so proud that we get to do that both in the city and beyond. And one of the ways that we're also trying to care for our kids is we actually had kids camp this past week to care for the kids here and, and as a part of our Ecclesia family. And it was different. We had to do kids camp remotely uh, and online this year, but I'm so proud of our amazing family ministry team and the work they did to make it a stellar and fantastic week. So we did it online, um, and that meant that there were video sessions that the kids got to participate in every morning this week. Uh, it included music where they got to sing songs together. Uh, there were stories, there was yoga, uh, there was an activity challenge. I had a lot of fun with that one, I got to do that. So I got your kids out doing steps, I had them doing push-ups and even some crunches. It was a lot of fun. And then in the afternoon, they broke out into small groups via Zoom where they got to do different projects like gardening. They did some art projects together. And they even had some conversations around topics like self-care, how do they care for themselves in this season. And it was an absolute blast. And just so that you don't have to take my word for it, we actually have a few of the kids that are gonna tell you a little bit about that. And I want you to hear from them now. the yoga songs and my favorite one is my lighthouse and we get to do small group singing my lighthouse and the crafts doing all the crafts they're really fun to me and i just love doing them say yoga the yoga sessions each morning whenever we sing the songs in the morning we get to do all the crafts and then the penguins and my friends being on Zoom with my friends. The crafts. The Zoom small groups. The songs. Doing the tie-dye. My favorite thing about volunteering at Kids Camp is watching the kids tell about their crafts every day because they are really energetic about it. Oh, I think it's always the best when we get a chance to hear from our kids and their voices and their innocence and excitement. It's, it does my soul good. Uh, so, hey, I want to take a moment and tell you about this week's We're Gonna Make It Through Award winner. And this week, it's none other than Natalia Junkins. Natalia has been a faithful volunteer in our family ministry over the last year, and she stepped up in a huge way to help make sure Kids Camp happened this week. This week. With Kids Camp being remote, that meant that parents needed supplies in their home. So we had to put packets together. So Natalia showed up and volunteered to help put these packets together. 
And then when the COVID threat level in Houston escalated, we had to change plans at the last minute. So instead of a pickup for the supplies, we now had to deliver over 200 kits to parents throughout the city. So Natalia showed up early on Saturday morning last week and she herself delivered almost 30 kits to families and kids all across that city. It took almost six hours. Then on top of that, she faithfully showed up as one of our small group leaders and created an amazing, hospitable, welcoming environment for our elementary aged kids this week. Natalia, we are so grateful for you and the work you did. And not only you, but for all of our kids camp volunteers this week. We couldn't have done it without you. We're so grateful. Thank you so much. Uh, if you'd like to send her a note to say congratulations, you can do that. And if you'd also like to recommend somebody for that award, you can do both of those by emailing lauren at ecclesiahouston.org. And again, huge thank you to our family ministry team and all the volunteers, all our staff who put in so much time and work to make that such a beautiful week. So just to give you a little taste, uh, we're gonna sing some of the song, one of the songs together now that the kids got to participate in in kids camp. I know you're gonna love it. Thanks again, Ecclesia. God bless.
us You're the brightest You will lead us through the storms Fire before us You're the brightest You will lead us through the storms Hello, Ecclesia. You know, the last couple of weeks, as we have been missing sports, or at least people like me have been missing sports, I've been waking up early and watching the Korean Baseball League on ESPN just to hear like the crack of the bat and to see baseball being played. And, and while I'm doing that, while I've been watching those, I've thought a lot about being a boy and playing baseball growing up. And I had the great fortune that for so many years, my father was my baseball coach. And as I've told you, I've shared this with you before, that so much of my life as a boy centered around baseball. But I had the weirdest memory this last week. Because my dad was the coach, obviously we were going to every game. But so often when we'd have to travel to go to away games, someone on my team would ask my parents if they could ride with us. And usually that meant that their parents worked the kind of job where they couldn't get off of work early or couldn't make it in time. And we had a big Chrysler station wagon back in those days. And so my parents always said, yes, they did it for me. They did it for my brother, Richard. We were always carting around our teammates. And every time we'd pick them up, take them to the game. Sometimes their parents would meet us there. Sometimes they wouldn't and we'd bring them home. And at the end, every time my teammate would say, oh, my mom, my dad, they gave me some money to give you for gas. And every time I thought, take the money. But my parents never took the money. They always refused the money. And it wasn't like we were rich. It's not like we had a lot of extra stuff laying around. And my dad would say something, my mom would say something that sounded kind of like this, hey, it's no big deal, we were going anyway. And often on those trips, like we would have to stop at a gas station to get gas. And because my parents wanted me and my brother to be responsible adults, I suppose one day, like they had us from a very early age, go in and pay the cashier. These were back in the days where you couldn't pay at the pump and we'd pay the cashier and they would turn on the gas pump and we'd go back out there and we would pump it. And if we ever went over, like if we'd given the cashier $10, but we pumped 1001, 10.02, 10.05, my mom would search down in the bottom of her purse find that one, two, or five cents, give it to us, and have us go and pay the cashier. 
And I thought that was such a ridiculous waste of time. It's one cent, it's two cents, it's a nickel. And so finally, after a couple of years of doing that kind of thing, I asked my mom, like, why are we doing this? Why am I having to go back into the store for a penny? And she told me, because that's who we are. And I thought about that this last week as we celebrated July 4th over the weekend, because America is unique in this one respect. Like when we began, like in those early years when we were being conceived, there was this notion of what would you do? Who would you be if you could be anyone, if you had the freedom to be anyone? And that's a notion that stuck with us. It's really pretty deep in who we are. And there are some things that are really good that we're not part of a feudal system, that you can make your own way in your own future. But then there are some other ways, and that's not really healthy because it says that you didn't come from somewhere, that you don't have a story. And so our family this past week, leading up to July 4th, like we did so many things that we would normally do because I'm just an American history buff. Like I go back through certain books about American history. We watch certain movies like the John Adams miniseries or Boycott or Selma. We take little quizzes, or at least I take little quizzes that I can't get my children interested in about American history because I really like so many notions of freedom. I was asked this week, what do you like about American freedom? And easily comes to mind things like freedom of religion, freedom to congregate, to assemble. But as I think about that, I wonder sometimes, is that what freedom is? Or maybe a better way to put that is, what exactly is freedom. And what is my notion of freedom? What is your notion of freedom? What's our country's notion of freedom versus what's God's notion of freedom? God's notion of who it is that we are. So the last couple of years, I've watched this television show on HBO that I really wouldn't suggest you watch, but it's called Westworld. And Westworld is a park where people go and they can interact with robots, androids, they call them host. And they look like people, they talk like people. And, and we see over the course of the show exactly what we do with things that we think are things, the mistreatment that we give them. And Westworld asks a simple question, like what happens when these hosts, these robots, start to gain consciousness, start to become alive, to realize they are separate things in the universe. And the word they keep using for that is freedom. And there's this notion in the backdrop of the show of setting the host free. And so I was really interested in what they were gonna say freedom is. And you know what they ultimately said freedom was? They said freedom is the ability to choose between options. That all these hosts are on this loop and they're just doing the same thing every day, every year. 
And what real freedom is, the thing that we're striving for, the thing that all of us are striving for is just to be able to choose A rather than B or up rather than down or left instead of right. And the truth is like they were just asking a bigger question than they were prepared to answer. But is that God's notion of freedom? Just choice? And there's this interesting account in the Gospel of John where Jesus is out teaching and he has this interaction with the Pharisees who over and over again are presented to us as Jesus's antagonists. They're like the bad guys of scripture, but they are people who really took what God said seriously in a particular way. And so in John 8, Jesus is out there teaching and he says to the folks listening, he says, if you hear my voice and abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth and that truth will give you freedom. So Jesus does this interesting thing where he connects freedom with truth. And he doesn't say that freedom is something that can be won. He says freedom is something that is given and it's only given via the truth. And the Pharisees respond, they say, we are Abraham's children and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say to us, you will be set free? So Jesus says this about freedom and they respond by saying, we're Abraham's children and we've never been a slave to anyone. When if you've read your Bible, at least even a little bit, like you would ask yourself, what in the world are they saying? Because these are Jewish believers in the first century. And since the time of Abraham up until the time of now, they have been slaves more than they've been free. Does anyone remember Egypt? Does anyone remember the Babylonians, the Assyrians? And even at this moment, when they are saying this to Jesus about being free people, they're under Roman occupation. What are they talking about? And what's fascinating to me there is just the simple power of self-deception that we tell ourselves that our lives, the way we conceive of our lives, we are capable of telling ourselves that they are the polar opposite of what they actually are. That the evidence doesn't matter. The history doesn't matter. We are just whoever we say that we are. They tell Jesus we've never been slaves. And the truth is through most of history up until that point, that's all they had been. And so Jesus tells them this, he says, I tell you the truth, everyone who commits sin surrenders his freedom to sin. Everybody who sins, we make an exchange. We give up our freedom for the sin. Jesus says he is a slave. She is a slave to sin's power. Even a household slave does not live in the home like a member of the family, but a son belongs there forever. So think of it this way. If the son comes to make you free, you will really 
be free. And that's a really different notion than what most of us think of when we think of freedom. Because Jesus says, when we sin, we exchange freedom for that sin. But what he is offering is that you are welcomed into the house. So freedom isn't being able to choose between A and B. Freedom is opening ourselves up to the reality that we are sons and daughters. One of my favorite little short stories is called The Lady or the Tiger. And it's about this king who's actually a pretty vicious king. And if you commit a crime, he gives you a choice. You can be thrown into a pit. You'll be thrown into a pit. And behind one door is a maiden that you will marry. And behind another door is a hungry tiger. And what happens in the story is there's a commoner who falls in love with the king's daughter, the princess. And he does not like it at all. So he decides he's going to put this commoner in the pit to choose. But instead of this time, he's going to make it the tiger or his daughter. He's going to have to pick a door. Now, let me ask you, he's got choices. Is that freedom? And so what happens in the story is that the princess endeavors to find out which door she will be placed behind and she tips off the pauper to where she's going to be. And the story ends with him in the middle of the pit choosing between the lady or the tiger. And we don't know which he chooses. But let me ask you, which would you choose? Because freedom is more than just having choices. Freedom is knowing what are the right choices, the right exchanges, the informed choices. And Jesus says, the truth The truth is what actually sets you free. And so for you and I to be the kind of people that God envisioned us to be when we were created in God's image means that we have to be people who deeply embrace the truth. And that is the truth that gives birth to all of the other virtues that we so desperately love and crave. We start with the truth. In Galatians 5, Paul says, it's freedom that you've been set free, that freedom has a purpose. And then later in Galatians 5, 6, he says that this purpose, the purpose of your freedom is to express love through faith. And I think that's our invitation to not simply be people who embrace a world of more and more choices, 
and call that freedom. But to be people who use our freedom to express love to the world. That when people meet you, when they meet us, when they enter into our community, they will feel loved in ways they've never felt loved before. And in that love, we'll all be set free. Ecclesia, let me pray for you. God, show us to be people of true freedom, expressing our love for you and to the world through faith, that we don't stop at this thin line of just having choices, being able to be one rather than two, but look to you and your truth as people who lean into all of the brokenness of our world and offer it love and healing and grace and acceptance. And we ask all of this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ecclesia, we are now at the time in our service where we get to gather at the table of Jesus, a table where all are welcome to feast with our liberating King. If you haven't gotten your elements together, you will have some time um, after our prayer. Today, we are celebrating with Ritz crackers. And so whatever you have in your home is going to be perfectly fine for our tasting of forgiveness and redemption this morning. Would you please join me in this confession prayer? Lord, you have made us to be free but we crave the cheap comforts of our chains. You have made us to serve others, but we have eyes only for ourselves. You have made us to love, but we are inflamed with lust. You provide that we may be generous, but we greedily hoard as if your well will run dry. You forgive time and again, but we hold fast to the sins of others. You offer light for our path, but we insist on making our own way. You are the God who saves. Lord, save us from ourselves. In your great mercy, restore and heal us and grant us your peace. Amen. Ecclesia, this is the body of Christ broken for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. Taste and see and experience and be overwhelmed with the redemption and forgiveness that Jesus has for all of us. Rock of when the day seems long From this labor and this heartache I have come The skies will wear out But you remain the same Rock of ages 
praise, I praise your name. Rock of ages, you have brought me near. You have poured out your life, blood, your love, and your tears to make this stone heart come alive again. Rock of ages, forgive my sin. Rock of ages, rock of ages, and bind your children until your kingdom comes. Rock of Rock of ages, when it wants to rest, my desperate need for such a savior I confess. Oh, pull these idols out from my heart's embrace. Rock of ages, I need your. Rock of ages, broken scorn for me. Who am I that you would die to make me free? To give me glory, you took the death and pain. Rock of ages, my Good morning, Ecclesia. It's so good to be with you all this morning. Um, this is the time in our service where we get to pray over our children. And so if you will join me. Lord, we're so thankful for all the children in our life. Um, 
they're just such a precious gift from you. And I pray that they would just have constant reminders of how precious they are. Um, I pray that they would feel extra supported in this time um, when they can't see all of their friends that they normally would. I pray that they would um, still somehow feel this sense of connectedness to one another. And we love you so much and we're so thankful for all the gifts that you give us. In your name we pray, amen. Our benediction is a poem by Donna Markova. I will not die an unlived life. I will not live in fear of falling or catching fire. I choose to inhabit my days, to allow my living to open me and make me less afraid, more accessible, to loosen my heart until it becomes a wing, a torch, a promise. I choose to risk my significance, to live so that which came to me as a seed goes to the next as a blossom and that which came to me as a blossom goes on as fruits. Ecclesia, conditions are harsh in this season. Oppressive heat and scarce rain, but still there will be growth. May we trust God to show us how to cultivate, to lovingly tend the land we've each been given. May we smell the rich soil, hear the cracking of seeds beneath the surface, and witness all that is being brought to light. Dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.